1: you return that I might live In my Father's
2: house. It's all about separating us from God. Seeking to stick a wedge between us and God. You see, the devil hates man's obedience and allegiance to God. He hates God, and his one desire is to ruin man and destroy the glorious works of God in this world. And thus, he proceeds to do his work, according to the scriptures, in a very deceptive way.
0: Sin isn't worth it. Satan always makes it look so appealing. He knows he can't take us out of God's hands, so what's the point? Why does he go to the trouble? As Pastor Mike will explain in today's message, it's all about his disdain for God. He knows how it breaks God's heart to see his children suffer under the weight of sin, and he loves to see that pain. Don't let him have that pleasure. When you feel him drawing you into temptation, just run away and go straight to your loving Father. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 John chapter 3, as he begins his message, victory over the devil.
2: chapter 3, in verse 8, is where we left off last time. And this evening's message, the title is Victory Over the Devil. Victory Over the Devil. So with that said, let's go ahead and read that text of Scripture. Now, John tells us, he who sins is of the devil. And remember, we treated this in part last time. That is, he who continues in sin is of the devil. This is not a suggestion that, you know, you give your life to Christ, you're born again of the Spirit of God and you're never going to sin ever again. So uh, John isn't preaching here sinless perfection. But the person who claims to be a Christian, right, who has taken the name of Christ and then just continues in his own lifestyle, I mean, that doesn't line up with what the Bible teaches on being a true uh, believer in Christ. So uh, it it has to do with the verbiage here and the use of the word uh, here in verse 8. So... He who, so more accurately, in the Greek language, it should read, he who continues in sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, referring to the book of Genesis. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, so once again, John tells us that Jesus came, here in verse 8, Jesus came, was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So basically, that's what John is telling us here in verse 8. Now, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, you know that this is the second statement given by John as an explanation of why Jesus came into our world. The first reference was found in verse 5, which was a part of one of our previous studies. And by the way, if you're here for the first time, welcome. Thanks for joining us, or if you haven't been around for the last couple of weeks, all of our previous messages have been recorded and are archived, and you can listen to them right on our website, okay, at harvestnyc.org, and I'll bring you right up to date with everything that we've already covered previously, okay? So verse 5 was a part of one of our previous studies, and notice in verse 5, the first part, it says, And you know that he, that is Christ, was manifested to take away our sins. So notice in both of these statements, in both verses 5 as well as in verse 8, notice in both of these statements, John puts it in terms and context of sin. First of all, he looks at sin as it brings us under condemnation of God's holy laws. Go back to verse 4. For there he says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness, So John is referring to the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments, uh, to be uh, exact. And then secondly, he looks at sin as it puts man under the dominion and under the government of Satan and makes us become a part of Satan's work. Let's uh, read verses 8 through 10 as a cross-reference for this. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin or continue in sin, for his seed remains in him. And last time together, remember, we talked about that seed. That seed is a reference to the work of God within us, helping us to become all that God wants us to become, the processes of God's Holy Spirit, of sanctification, regeneration, setting us apart uh, for his uh, purposes. So that's what that word seed refers to. We went into that last time in great detail. So anyway, verse 9, For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, or that is, he cannot continue in sin, because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Okay, so basically what John is saying here then, I'm paraphrasing, to continue in a life of sin and evil, says John, is to identify yourself with the devil and his ways and with everything that belongs to him. Now, with that said, that sort of sets the platform for our study this evening. Now you know where we're going, what we're going to be talking about. That brings us to our first point. And if you're taking notes, write this down and there's a place on the backside of your bulletins to do exactly that. Notice there are two things that I want to draw your attention to. There are actually two things that stand out here in this text of Scripture. The first of which is, there in verse 8, Jesus came into this world to wage a great fight. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Let me say it again. Jesus came into this world to wage a great fight. In other words, he entered into a mighty battle. And then secondly, what jumps out at me here, as it relates to this text of scripture, the way in which he, that is Jesus, was victorious in this fight, the way that he overcame his adversary, who is the devil. Now, I guess we ought to talk a little bit about that adversary. As he is described, that is the devil. And in other places in the, in the Bible, he is referred to uh, by different names, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, in the book of Genesis, the serpent. Remember that beguiled Adam and Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, that brings us to our second point. So that's Christ's adversary. Now, that brings us to our second point, and that is two kingdoms. And gang, let me tell you something. There are two kingdoms that exist in our world today. Now, remember, as as I've already mentioned, Jesus came because there was a certain state and condition In this world that had been produced by the devil. You see, the whole state of mankind, man's dilemma, can be traced right back to him. Think about it. According to the Bible, and we're studying this book of the Bible on Sunday mornings, the book of Genesis. So, right from the very beginning, right, in the beginning, the Bible tells us in the first couple of chapters, we have the account of God creating the physical universe. And as and after he created it, he said it was good, and everything that God had created was uh, perfect, right? And then uh, he placed the first man and woman there in the Garden of Eden, and up until that point, still everything was good, everything was perfect. But then the devil came into that garden and spoke to both the man and the woman, the first man and woman and convinced them that God placed the first man and woman that God placed there in that perfect world to disobey his word. And again, this relates to... There was one, only one prohibition. We talked about this before, right? It was all theirs to enjoy. It was all given to them by God for their benefit, for their enjoyment, for their pleasure. There was only one prohibition, right? Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good... And evil. Well, Satan came in, he enticed them, he suggested certain things. We'll talk about some of those things in just a moment. He beguiled them, and in fact, they did disobey a God and God's word. He enticed them to sin. You know the story. So man went against God, and the result of all that is the state of the world at, as it has been right from the very moment man chose to disobey God. The sin was passed along from our first father unto everyone else. Adam was our first father. So let me sum it up for you in this way. The world has become the kingdom of Satan. He has produced certain results, which John refers to here as the works of the devil. Now, what am I referring to? I'm talking about wars. I'm talking about fighting. I'm talking about greed. I'm talking about sickness. I'm talking about death. So, Jesus came then to deliver men and women out of that kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of Satan, and translate them into his kingdom, the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of light. So then, there exist these two kingdoms, the kingdoms of Christ and the kingdom of the devil, light and darkness, life and death. Now, with that said, let's go into this works of the devil. And this serves as our third point this evening. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit further how he uh, does these works in people's lives. Well, basically, it's all, and, and again, as I mentioned before, we're not ignorant of the devices of Satan. And there's not an awful lot of devices that he uses to get us all messed up and tricked to disobey God's uh, laws. So it's good that we are aware of how he goes about doing this. Basically, it's all about separating us from God, seeking to stick a wedge between us and God. You see, the devil hates man's obedience and allegiance to God. He hates God and his one desire is to ruin man and destroy the glorious works of God In this world, and thus he proceeds to do his work according to the scriptures in a very deceptive way. In fact, think about this: often when he is presented to us in the Bible, he is described as very subtle and as a liar. In fact, here's a cross reference for you: in John's Gospel, in chapter eight and verse forty-four, Jesus himself tells us that the devil, Satan, is the father of lies. So he'll come along, even as he did with Adam and Eve, and he'll just basically lie to us, lie to us about certain things, particularly as it relates to God. We'll talk about some of that in just a moment. So all of his works have just been in some shape or form the repetition of some kind of a lie. He has persuaded men and women to believe and to accept various lies. And this is why there is so much pain, suffering, and unhappiness in the present world in which we live today. And if this wasn't true, there would be no evil, there would be no sin, there would be no quarreling, no drunkenness, no addictions, no infidelity, no divorce, no confusion, and no disturbances. It's all because of man believing the lies of Satan. Now, These are various forms which that lie has taken. For example, Satan has persuaded man to believe a lie about God himself, to believe a lie about God's attitude towards men. Let's go back to the garden for a moment. He was suggesting to Adam and Eve, listen, God doesn't love you. He's prohibiting you. He wants to make you a slave. Because he knows that in the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll become like a God. You'll become like him. God really doesn't love you. God is rather seeking to hold something back from you. So he lies to us about his concern for our happiness and our well-being. Listen, all of the laws that have been laid out by God are for our benefit and for our protection. I mean, think about it. God made us. He knows what makes us tick, right? Right? He knows what's best for us. You know, remember the television show, Father Knows Best, right? It's true. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, truly knows best, what's best for his kids. I mean, after all, he made us. He knows how we work. Uh, He knows how we tick, right? So he's laid out these laws to protect us. They're for our blessing, for our advantage. Another lie has to do with God's holy will for our good, as I've already mentioned, for our, our benefit. You know, the Bible throughout the Old and the New Testament tells us, exhorts us, encourages us to obey the laws of God, and it will bring blessing into our lives. Our lives will flourish. Our lives will be full. Our lives will be blessed. will be like a tree. And I, I think of, for example, as a cross-reference in the book of Psalms in chapter 1, right in the very beginning of that book of Psalms. Uh, those who obey God's laws will be like a tree that's planted next to a, a, a river of water. In other words, it'll have a, a never-ending uh, source of refreshment if we just obey the Lord, and in time will produce its fruit in due season. If you want your life to be fruitful, if you want to have that unexhaustible resource available for your life's experience, where do we trace that back to? Simply obeying God's laws. But the devil will come along and a lie right in your ear and uh, concerning God's holy will. They're not for your good. They're not for your benefit. They're not for your protection. But again, as I mentioned, it is because he made us. Therefore, he knows what is good for us. But man doesn't see this. They believe the lie of Satan that promotes the idea that God is against us. Again, messing around with the opportunities that we have for a good time. It's prohibiting. It's Victorian. God isn't really concerned about your life being full and rich. He tells us to live like Jesus is small, to live like Jesus is petty. It's too narrow. It's too restrictive. He doesn't want you to have any fun. Those are just some of the ploys that he uses. Those are just some of the lies that he whispers in your ear. Another lie that he uses often has to do with the consequences of sin and disobedience. In fact, that was the subject of our message on Sunday in the book of Genesis. We talked about the curse of God that was pronounced upon both Adam and Eve. There's always consequences to sin. God reminded them. He says, in the day they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. They'll die in their experience, in their fellowship, in their communion with God. Obviously, they didn't die physically, but they died spiritually, right? They just dried up spiritually, right? And so there's always consequences when we choose to sin and disobey God. So God warned us right from the very uh, beginning. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, but Satan came along and said, don't believe him. If you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be open, and you will become like God. God's. Suggesting God doesn't want you to become like him. He's holding you down. He's holding you back. And so he lied to Adam and Eve about the consequences of sin. They believed it and they were driven out of paradise and reaped the terrible consequences of sin. You know, somehow we think we have all of this wonderful freedom in transgressing God's laws. But the truth of the matter is, sooner or later, you'll begin to discover that if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. This is just one of the laws that govern the universe. You can't get away from it. God wouldn't be a just, a right, and a a holy God if he just allowed us to continue in our sin, to disobey his laws. So be sure of this. If you sow to the flesh, You're going to reap corruption. Whatsoever man sows, that also shall he reap. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. So, why does the devil do all of these things? Well, simply, it's to bring you under his control, under his power, and into his dominion or into his kingdom. And if you ask the the average Joe on the street, they wouldn't even be aware of the fact that they've entered into that kingdom. That they they were being held in in bondage. They're not even aware of the fact. You see, the devil wants us to live a sinful life. And he's anxious to rob us of the benefits that God has for us. Let me say that again. He's anxious to rob you of the benefits that God has for you. And I hope that gets you angry. And you'll take that into consideration the next time that temptation presents an opportunity for you. And you begin to run headlong towards sin. Would you please take that into consideration? You're going to lose the benefits of God, the blessings of God, the anointing of God, the provision of God, all of what God wants to do within your life. He can't be one with you if you continue in your sin. Now, as it relates to the kingdom of darkness, I want to give you a cross-reference. I don't know if you've ever considered this portion of Scripture in these terms, but in Luke's Gospel in chapter 11 and verse 21, Jesus is sharing a parable with the people that are present at this particular time. And he's referring to the strong man. And the strong man here in this parable is none other than the devil. So he says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, and again, the idea here is the kingdom, his palace, his throne, his goods, that would be those who have entered into his kingdom, who have been duped into entering into his kingdom, His goods are in peace. Now, this is noteworthy. This is something to take note of. You see, this is the result of sin, says the Lord. You have made yourselves the slaves of Satan. You are in the stronghold, the castle of Satan. And he won't let you get out, nor will he let you live the godly, holy life. You know, talk about a person who's just giving themselves over to sin. They come under the dominion and the power of sin. If you sin, you'll come under the power of it. And let me tell you something. Sin is a hard taskmaster. I'd rather be mastered by Christ. You know, that's a wonderful bondage, right? It's a bondage of love and provision and blessing and, and ultimately eternal life. If you try, he'll strike you down. If you try to get out of that kingdom, he'll, he'll do everything within his capacity within his abilities, to strike you down. Because you're under his power and his dominion. You know, in 1 Timothy, we're told that we're taken captive at his will. That's pretty scary stuff. You know, we're not even aware of the fact. And he just, you know, at his will, can take a person captive. That is, if we don't stay close to Christ. So if you try to escape that kingdom, he'll strike you down. Why? Because you're under his power and his dominion. And that's pretty much, if you think about it, the whole state of the world today according to the Bible. Pretty bleak, man. It's a pretty bleak scenario. But here's the answer. Praise the Lord. Verse 8. Let's go back to our text now. Verse 8. Here's the answer. For that exact purpose, the Son of God, Jesus, was manifested. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil
1: my Father's house, there's a place for me In my Father's house, where I long to
0: be oh, my The book of 1 John teaches the importance of growing in your faith. When you accept Jesus' free gift of salvation, it doesn't end there. Jesus transforms you, beginning on that very first day and He continues to do so as you allow Him access to your life. Each new truth you hear from God's Word has the potential to change you, but you have to decide to let it. It's our desire at In My Father's House to present Jesus to you through each program, and we pray He's already making an impact in your life. If you'd like to explore more messages from Pastor Mike, visit HarvestNYC.org. You'll find them under the Resources tab. Come visit us, too. You can join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship. To find out more and reserve your seat, visit HarvestNYC.org or join us online to worship through the live stream. Each Thursday, we're also meeting virtually to step back into the Word and worship the Lord. We'd be honored if you'd join us. 7.30 online at HarvestNYC.org While you're there, be sure to sign up for our email list for daily devotionals and the latest event information at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We'd also ask that you prayerfully consider supporting the ministry of In My Father's House through donation. We appreciate every gift given, and we'll use it to reach more people with the Word of God. Find out more and donate securely online by clicking the Donate tab at harvestnyc.org. That's all for today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In My Father's House. Oh, my heart, not be troubled.